0: Bernice, family, friends, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Ken, like all people, had certain things that brought him particular joy in life. He enjoyed square dancing around the floor with his beloved Bernice. He enjoyed teasing family and friends, whenever he might get the chance. He enjoyed a good game of cards, played with family, or a group of friends. I know personally he enjoyed watching The Price is Right. Both Bernice and I might have got in trouble if we didn't have the communion visit finished by 10, so we could turn it back on. And each week when he was able... The family told me how Ken looked forward to Sunday morning. After all, for Ken, Sunday morning meant two things. Church and breakfast. Church here at peace, and then usually breakfast down in the town. Fellowship and food with the Lord, followed by fellowship and food with his family and friends. And the more I thought about that, I thought, you know, we really can, in one way, say that those two words are a good way to describe what our Lord has revealed to us about the Christian life, church, and breakfast. Give me just a few minutes and I'll explain what I mean. One of the readings that we heard today was from the book of Acts. It told us about those very earliest days of the Christian church, It was chosen because part of that section that we read was found on Kin's baptism and confirmation certificate. The part printed on his certificate simply had these words, and the Lord added to the church daily, such as were being saved. It's words that spoke there about those very first Christians who were daily being added to the church as they were baptized and taught everything that the Lord had commanded. We rejoice today to know that those words are just as true for Ken as they were for those earliest Christians. Yes, the Lord added Ken to the number of those being saved on the day of his baptism as well. He was baptized having received the teaching of and about the Lord. Then Ken got to live out the rest of his life in the church. The reading from Acts tells us what that church did in those earliest days. We're told the church gathered around the apostles' teachings. They cherished the fellowship that they had with one another. They gathered for the breaking of the bread, and they also gathered for the prayers of the church. Why did they do this? Well, because they understood that they needed the forgiveness and life that was offered to them there by their Lord Jesus. And they understood that God had given them a great blessing, a place to find comfort and strength as they gathered together with one another. They knew it was there that the fruits of Christ's death and resurrection were given and were shared. It's also why Ken found himself in the church Ken, like all of us, was not perfect. He had sins and needed forgiveness just like each one of us. He was also at times saddened and frustrated by the circumstances of life and therefore needed the encouragement, strength, and comfort that God gives in his community of people. Life for God's people is about church. Oh, not the building that we often call church, but the real church, God's people gathered to him as he forgives them of the sins that they have and gives to them eternal life. So we have church. What about breakfast? Do I speak of two eggs over easy with a nice buttered piece of toast to sop up all the goodness? Well, not exactly. But I do speak about a feast. You know, that word breakfast is easy to figure out, if you think about it, what it meant originally. It's really made up of those two words, break and fast. It's called this because breakfast is that meal that breaks the fast of not eating overnight. In many cultures, of course, people religiously fast, from sunset to sunrise. But even those that don't generally don't eat as much, at least during those hours. And so the body awakens, ready for a feast. That's why your mom and grandma and doctor all tell you breakfast is such an important meal to your day. Yes, the body awakens, ready to break the fast of the nighttime. Both of the other readings which I chose for today speak about the breakfast that God will serve on the last day. Yes, they speak of that last day when the fast will be broken and a feast will be served. And this feast is an all-you-can-eat kind of affair. In our gospel reading, we hear about this feast of exquisite foods that have been prepared And while sadly some do not end up entering into that feast, in the end the whole gathering is filled with guests whom God has invited to that feast. The guests there have not earned their place, but they are given a place nonetheless, and they're given every blessing of that feast. This parable speaks to us about God's great mercy In giving all who receive his grace a place at the great feast is promised. Our Old Testament lesson speaks also about that feast on the last day. It says that on that day, God will serve a feast of rich foods to his people. If you read the actual Hebrew there, it says he will serve a feast of fatty foods to his people. Yes, bring on the sausage and the bacon, the cheese and the steak. Yes, fat foods and well-aged wines. That is what God has prepared to serve his people, to give to all of the people who have waited to him on in faith. And not only does that text say that God's people will feast, but it says that God there that day will be swallowing up things as well. Well, his people feast on all of that goodness God will be swallowing up death and everything that goes along with it. God promises that on that day, the last of the tears will be wiped away from our eyes. He promises to us that he will wipe away those tears even as he eats up sadness and strokes, sin and death. The feast of fat foods is not one that will clog the arteries, but it is one that will animate this new body that God will give to us, that body we will have as we live with him forever. That's what God has promised to Ken. Ken's life for many years was filled with church. And now he rests from his labors. No longer do his body's limitations plague him. He rests now and will be awoken on the last day. He will be given a new body and a new life to be lived out with Jesus and all who believe. He'll be awakened to breakfast. Yes, the fast of death will be broken and the feast of life will be served. Just as surely as Jesus' fast of death was broken on the third day, on Easter morning, so also shall kins fast of death be broken on the last day. And that is the hope and the joy that God gives us today right in the midst of our sorrow. For Kin, church is over. All that's left is that big breakfast on the last day. For you, church and breakfast. As you mourn, Gather to God. Gather to God where he will forgive your sins and strengthen your faith. Gather in the presence of his people where you will find strength and comfort for the days that lie ahead. And have no fear. Breakfast is coming. Jesus is coming to swallow up death. You will eat breakfast with kin again with kin and with your Lord Jesus and with all who believe. Jesus has made it so by his death and his resurrection. Praise be to him eternally. Amen.